Hello and welcome everyone. Thanks for tuning in to our brand new series titled Unboxed. I'm your host Rizwana Manjur and over the next couple of weeks we'll be discussing all the upcoming innovations in the world of ad tech. With expert speakers from brands, publishers and buy-side players, we will be navigating through the continued changes in the marketplace and demystifying some of the common concerns around the tech space. We'll also be sharing best practices to lead your organizations through change. In our first episode, we speak to Jason Barnes, Chief Revenue Officer at Pubmatic APAC. Jason has been with Pubmatic for close to 7 years and has extensive knowledge of the publishing industry through his time with News Corp Australia, Financial Times and Fairfax Digital. In this episode, Jason shares with us some of the innovations both brands and publishers should keep a watch out for. Hi Jason, how are you? Hi Rizwana, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. What about you? Very well, thank you. And uh, good to be here with you and the team. Absolutely. We are excited to have you on board to talk about the exciting world of ad tech and all the slew of innovations in the space. But before we kick off, give us uh, a little glimpse as to who you are and what you do, will you? Sure. Um, so Jason Barnes, I'm the Chief Revenue Officer for APAC at Pubmatic. Uh, Pubmatic is a global SSP. Uh, so we are a key part of the uh, supply chain for programmatic advertising. And yeah, I run the APAC team. So we have uh, offices across the region in Tokyo, Delhi, Jakarta, uh, and I'm based here in Singapore. Um, and so, uh, we're, so we're in Sydney as well. And that's where our offices are. I have all those teams reporting into me. Wow, you must be having a pretty busy time liaising with all the different markets. How are you coping with this and how's everything going on in the industry? Um, it's good. You know, it's been a... Uh, a, a, a tough sort of personal time for everybody, I think, in the whole industry or globally, really, not just us in, in this industry. But um, I think we feel like we've gotten possibly over the worst of it. Uh, here in Singapore, it seems to be quite under control. Uh, so personally, I think things are looking up. And on the business front, um, I think things are looking fantastic, actually, from our perspective. And I'm sure we'll be delving into a little bit of that um, a little later on during this chat. Yep, absolutely. I'm really happy to hear that you guys are doing so well. And that's why we wanted to tap into your expertise to find out a little bit more about the rapid changes happening in the ad tech industry. Ad tech is now such a big part of the marketing conversation. But, you know, given the pace at which tech evolves and the changes that are occurring, it can be quite daunting for marketers. But before we get into that and talk in detail, I want to find out from you, what are some of the recent innovations in ad tech that you feel marketers, agencies, and publishers should take note of? Yeah, uh, too right, Arizwan. It is a very um, fast, rapid-moving, uh, and highly innovative industry. And you know, again, appreciate you getting me on board to come and have a chat with us uh, about this to your readers. Um, two, so two areas I think uh, recent innovations that are very exciting is around identity and audience addressability. Mm -hmm. So massive leaps being made, I think, around the identity solution part. So finding an identity solution uh, that has consumer privacy baked into it, I think, is key. So we know that consumer privacy has become a massive issue online, as it should be. So everyone's very wary of where their personal information goes. Uh, but the industry is uh, collaborating in a way that I've never seen before really to build a really strong tech ecosystem. So how usually, because audience buying in a programmatic advertising is very much about buying individuals, buying audience. And the way that's 
typically been done is via cookies. Mm. Uh, but cookies never really work for mobile app. Mobile app doesn't have cookies. CTV, um, it doesn't translate to, and there's sometimes poor match rates, it's, um, you know, with cookies. So uh, new deterministic ID solutions um, are being developed, uh, and they should level the playing fields with the walled gardens as well, with the big uh, Facebooks and alphabets who we know have huge troves of data, mm-hmm. um, and starts putting, putting publishers back in the center of it all, which I think is great. How do you feel the pandemic has impacted the ad tech landscape? It has certainly impacted it in, in a significant way, as it has every industry. Obviously, I think we've we really got off, for, uh, you know, fortunately, got off very lightly compared to many many other industries. But um, uh, it has forced us to innovate, and I think there are a lot of really exciting things happening in ad tech right now. Um, I think one one of the key impacts really that the pandemic has had is the internet has just got bigger. So internet consumption has increased, advertising has increased, um, because people have been driven online. um, So there's way more uh, behavior happening online. We've seen telemedicine, something I never thought I would see. Uh, So just a lot more people seeking medical advice and uh, seeing doctors, uh, you know, over the internet and not actually going there in person. Uh, obviously, you know, things like buying tickets now, I was watching a program last night about the Taj Mahal. You cannot buy tickets when you go to the Taj Mahal. You have to buy them beforehand. I um, mean, even things like car buying. So what's happened is just more and more people are online doing a greater variety of things. And this is great for our industry, obviously, because it has it is just growing the entire industry, growing the internet population and therefore growing advertising. But the, it has had, obviously, a lot, a lot of very negative implications as well. And I think a, a lot of companies have been quite severely wounded and, you know, in a fiscal way. Um, so it's created quite a moat between companies that are well-run and profitable and those that before the pandemic were unprofitable. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to create further gaps between uh, companies, fortunately, like Pubmatic, that have been profitable for many years and those that have not been. Uh, And I think we'll see an increasing gap between those organizations. Do you think the industry has emerged stronger or are we just a little bit more fragmented than what we already were? Um, I think it will emerge stronger, definitely. Um, So I believe there's more collaboration in the industry now between partners. Um, And I think that uh, one of the key things that's emerged as well is I think around leadership. Uh, I think we're seeing the strong leaders, uh, corporate leaders, team leaders really emerging out of a great period of stress that we've all had. And I think it's making companies more resilient and it's making team members more resilient, uh, which I think is fantastic. And that's a, a big positive to have come out of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. What What do you feel are some of the big issues in the ad tech industry that needs to be addressed immediately? Well, yeah, unfortunately, there are a couple of issues, Rizwan. I'd love to say there are none, but uh, there, are, there are a couple. Um, so mobile is obviously where it's all going to be happening in the next few years. I really wouldn't need to explain that to anybody. Uh, but there, there are a couple of issues around mobile, really, especially when it comes to the marketer. And, and a lot of that is around measurement mm. uh, and perceptions around mobile inventory as well. So, you know, any, any marketer um, wants to understand uh, how their ads are performing. And there are many metrics that they use. There's clicks, there's installs, etc. And on desktop, this has been very easy. Drop a pixel. There's been a whole series of standards and everyone uh, and it's measured by third parties but with uh, in-app the 
app developer actually has to install a software development kit or an SDK. And these SDKs actually can make the apps go a little slower sometimes. Uh, there can be quite a lot of effort to install them. So the app developers don't always like installing these SDKs and therefore there's not the measurement and the transparency in the in-app space uh, that we would like. It is changing, it is happening, but it's not quite where it needs to be. And I think once that happens, uh, once we get higher penetration of that, it'll only be a lot better. And then the other area, it's not something, it's not a quick fix by any means, but I think that there's a trust gap between buyers and in-app supply. So unfortunately, I still speak to a number of agencies or I'll read reports from my team saying that the agency is not really that keen on buying in-app inventory. They don't trust it. They think there's a fraudulent inventory there. So I think uh, transparency is one of the key things that we can do in the in-app programmatic supply chain to try and light it up and make marketers aware that there are a lot of very clean, very good inventory in the in-app space. You know, it's such a shame that this is such a big issue given mobile usage is at an all-time high and I don't see it going anywhere anytime soon. We're absolutely glued to our devices. But measurement as a whole, Jason, I feel that it's been an issue that's plaguing the industry for a long time, be it in display or video or now mobile. There are just different measurement issues at every stage of the journey plaguing the industry. Will we ever find a solution to this anytime soon? Uh, absolutely. So I think there are a couple of great initiatives that are out there at the moment. I think the IAB has done a good job with their open measurement SDK. Mm. So uh, OMSDK, as it's called, is a new uh, benchmark that's been established. They have a number of verification and measurement partners integrated within this SDK, which uh, makes it a lot easier for in-app developers and publishers to integrate this one single SDK. And then it has sort of universal measurement and verification partners built into it. So this again comes back to that collaboration piece I was talking about a little earlier. Um, I think this is one of the key focuses. Everyone is certainly focusing on this really strongly at the moment, and it'll be to the benefit of the marketer. So I think we're on the right path. We're not there yet, uh, but we are on the right path to solving that problem. Okay, that makes me a little bit happy to hear. With so many different solution providers in the market, Jason, it really gets confusing for marketers to know who to work with and who to trust. So what advice do you have for marketers when it comes to deciding who to partner with? I absolutely agree with you. I think it is, um, you know, if people don't understand something, they don't tend to buy it, I find. And so it is really a major job of mine, my teams, and I think everyone in the industry to provide as much education and as much transparency as well to try and overcome this. Um, so, hence education, I think, is, is uh, one of the key things that marketers need to do to try and understand the different solutions. They need to uh, know who the different players are through the programmatic supply chain and exactly what value each one of them adds at their point in the supply chain. Um, and then a marketer should really look at uh, how those features that they have or that positioning then matches up with the corporate goals and priorities. Mm. So I think that education pieces is really key for a marketer. And, you know, one of our white papers that we had on OTT header bidding at the end, we actually included a whole series of questions uh, mm. that people can be asking their partners. And examples of a couple of them are, you know, asking about product differentiation, um, asking about fee models. This is a big one. So where do you, where do you charge your fee? Do you charge it to the publisher? Do you charge it to the buyer? Do you charge it to both? Uh, and is it transparent? Uh, 
Mm. Um, uh, around, around product roadmaps as well. I think asking for high-level product roadmaps, where are you going in the next two to three quarters? And can I, as a marketer or a buyer, influence that roadmap of yours? Mm-hmm. And then finally, around financial stability as well. I think uh, if, uh, you know, understanding what is the financial state that this uh, organization is in that I'm potentially going to partner with, I think gives a lot of peace of mind. Yeah. So uh, I think that education piece uh, is definitely something marketers should look to do so they understand the industry. Then they know um, how who's the best person for them to partner with. I think you absolutely hit the nail on the head there. It's so important for marketers to find out about the partners that they're going to engage with and how they're doing financially, um, the status of the company and the direction that they're going. There are so many horror stories out there uh, of companies packing up and leaving or shuttering their operations during difficult times. So thank you for highlighting that. Now, I want to come back a little bit to the point on education. I mean, no arguments there, Jason. We absolutely have to do our homework and research up on the up and coming trends and the implications that they have to our businesses. But ad tech is such a fast moving industry that before you can wrap your head on a topic and truly understand something, another new shiny toy pops up and disrupts all your knowledge. How can marketers keep up with this and not feel overwhelmed? Um, I think you've really got to choose um, your partners carefully. So uh, it is my view, uh, and I think it's the right view, that it is really the ad tech partner. Uh, so whoever the marketer chooses as the ad technology partners, uh, it is the duty of that ad tech partner to keep the marketer informed of all the trends that are in the market and all the innovations that are happening. And they should really be keeping them up to date. Uh, you know, why things are changing, how they're changing, what are the new products, how do they benefit the marketer and explaining that to them. Um, I think marketers also have the agencies. Agencies have a key part to play in this. We, we interact a lot with all the agencies, of course. Uh, and they obviously are very, um, informed and up-to-date on everything that's happening in the ad tech space. So they're another good one. Um, But marketers need to do research themselves as well. So you still need to um, be listening to podcasts like this one and obviously reading Marketing Interactive as part of what you do is to make sure that uh, all those marketers stay informed. Um, But you you know, you go to vendors' websites, you go to pubmatic.com, for example. We have a lot of blogs. We have white papers. uh, We have thought pieces. Um, so it is important, I think, uh, a marketer needs to take on that responsibility themselves to ensure that they keep themselves up to date, they read the right publications. Uh, but then, as I said at the start, importantly, that their tech partners and agency partners keep them informed on what is happening out there and give them good, solid advice. Jason, I want to ask you a question, or maybe it's just a personal gripe I have. Why are there so many jargons in the ad tech world? Every time I want to research on a new area, I feel like I've got 50 browsers open or I'm Googling something new that I read and I'm forgetting what I had read like five minutes ago. Why are there so many jargons? (laughs) I feel I should apologize on behalf of the entire industry for that. I do. No, Uh, we joke and we say that TLAs and someone's like, what's a TLA? Well, that's a three-letter acronym because... There are so many three-letter acronyms from SSPs to DSPs to DMPs, et cetera. Um, you know, the industry that we work in is, is technology, and technology can be complex. And I think the idea was that the acronyms 
would actually make things a little simpler to understand. Unfortunately, I think it's actually gone the other way around. I think all those acronyms, people uh, hear a person talking with a series of acronyms coming out of their mouth and they just get totally lost. Uh, they switch off and then, you know, to what we spoke a little earlier, they don't get educated. Um, so it is a little tricky, although there are a, a handful, I would say, of sort of primary um, acronyms that are out there and once you learn those you you got the gist of it and you can understand it but again uh, be asking your trusted partners what these acronyms are and what they mean but uh, simplification is something I tell my team that we need to do all the time yeah. because we deal with people that are not technology people and uh, as I said you've got to keep it simple ensure they understand it if you don't use acronyms maybe that's the right thing to do so just be conscious of that do you feel that there's almost a sort of a fear associated with asking questions around the ad tech space, especially for senior marketers. I mean, I face it myself as well, sometimes where I'm just left wondering, was my question really basic? Should I be asking that question? <laughs> I know, I think it's, it's sort of a human trait, isn't it? We always want to feel that we uh, know enough or we don't want to feel exposed uh, when we're in a conversation. Um, but again, I think it should be up to the people that hold that knowledge, I guess to an extent would be uh, the technology partners. I think we, it should be an obligation of ours again to keep things simple and ensure people understand. If I'm speaking to the chief marketing officer for a big brand and I walk out of the meeting an hour later and they are confused and they don't quite understand everything I've said, that's been a huge failure on my behalf. So I think that I need to go in there chatting to a chief marketing officer and ensure once I've left the room that they are now very clear on exactly what it is that an SSP does or what our key value proposition is in the market. So I think uh, that perhaps going back to how do you choose your partners, maybe that's a good one for me to add to the list is if those partners that you're looking at as a marketer come across as highly confusing and throwing lots of acronyms that you don't understand, probably maybe not a good sign. You should look for those that try to simplify things and empower you. Then I think that's a great sign of a partner. Yeah, that's a red flag right there, huh? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, prior to implementing a new tool or technology, everything always sounds like a bed of roses or a magic potion to solve all your problems. But it's only after the implementation that you realize that there are cracks that you have to deal with. Um, what advice do you have for marketers in dealing with this issue? Tricky one again. Um, you know, we never want to overpromise and underdeliver. I don't think any anyone anybody wants to do that. But we uh, there are certain you know situations that arise sometimes. I think uh, my advice to um, any marketer would be to come back to that homework due diligence education piece that we spoke a little bit about. So just know who your vendor is, you know, those questions that are listed a little earlier, ensure exactly what do you do? What are your capabilities? Uh, what does your product roadmap look like? If you have all of that information, then there shouldn't be too many cracks that appear further down the line because you've done your homework on them. However, uh, nobody is perfect. So when those situations do appear, I think one of the key things is often around customer service because if something does go wrong, you want uh, a response fast and you want it from somebody that's knowledgeable. Mm. So when you are dealing with your partners, ensure that they have the customer service and the knowledgeable people on the ground, ideally where you are, that will solve any problems that do come up. Because yeah. I think one of the things that uh, it's really important for marketers to understand is this industry is uh, highly innovative and we're really at the cutting edge of innovation. So a lot of the products that we're busy rolling out often have 
have maybe never been around uh, in market or have only been around for a matter of weeks or months. And there needs to be some expectation setting. I think that these are not like 10 year old products. Things will go wrong. There'll be a few little glitches. Um, you know, we might have said it does uh, X and Y. Um, and those X and Y might be coming the following quarter, for example, or, you know, there might be a slight uh, gap in the understanding of a product. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I think it's good that there needs to be some expectation setting uh, just around the fact that these are highly innovative products, very new, and software does take uh, a little while for it to be totally optimized. So right now, in this current climate, we see a lot of the local players undergoing digital transformation and wanting to embrace things like UX, CX, social But they also have a lot to deal with, having undertaken all these new spaces. What advice would you have for players who are sort of new in this space and not really sure how to go about embracing new tech? Well, I think, uh, you know, agencies is one one place to start. I think that um, a lot of brands, even the small brands, do have agencies as their first contact point. Uh, As I said, agencies generally tend to be very knowledgeable on programmatic. They understand um, who is out there, who is the best for smaller players, and they can be a key partner. Um, I think, again, if we hark back, uh, I think that point around education, I think uh, when they're taking those first tentative steps and they're trying to understand, do do some research, uh, chat to key players in the market, read uh, Marketing Interactive and other publications, um, podcasts, etc., and understand exactly what it is that is happening out in the market. Um, I think that is quite a key part of it, getting that education piece. But I think there are many local brands out there that I think could also make them more comfortable. Um, and that is, you know, when we look at OTT, there are some great local brands from View to iFlex, uh, and they might be uh, strongly drawn to some of those local media brands. And that could also be a way for them to step into the space mm-hmm. is actually to focus on those trusted brands that they have and uh, use those media brands for all of their marketing. So last two questions, Jason. If I have a limited uh, budget, time, and resource, what is the one area of ad tech that I should focus on that will give me the most bang for my buck? From a marketer's perspective, I would say uh, the focus should be on in-app, uh, you know, mobile more broadly. Uh, but if you want bang for your buck, I believe the consumers are all on their phones at the moment. Uh, Apps are going through the roof. There's some fantastic premium environments within the apps. And that is from things like casual gaming all the way through to quality Hollywood movies. Um, And I think there's a broad array. Uh, There's a very engaged consumer set. And I think it's a fantastic space for marketers to be looking at trying to get their brands uh, to reach those consumers. Um, I think it's a fantastic spot. And if I was a CMO, uh, it's probably where I would be going. And to round off today's conversation, what does the future of ad tech look like to you? I think more collaboration, uh, more integration between partners. Uh, I think that's something that the pandemic has brought out in all of us, which I think is fantastic. Internet consumption is going to continue to grow. And I think one thing that's going to give it a a big jump as well is going to be 5G. So I think uh, what we're going to see in the future definitely is those far richer Uh, customer engagements uh, due to 5G, you know, entertainment, e-commerce is going to become far richer, which I think is fantastic. 
And then uh, we're big believers in header bidding as well. And header bidding is, is coming to in-app, it's coming to OTT. It is a way that makes the consumer experience better and it is a way that makes the uh, advertiser um, more effective as well with their advertising through sort of data-led advertising. Mm -hmm. So I think th those are a couple of the areas that I believe are going to be major influences on ad tech and something for us to keep an eye out for. Yep, fantastic. And we're having all those conversations around header bidding, transparency, SPO in the upcoming week. So thank you, Jason, for setting the stage for us. And this has been a really enlightening conversation. Uh, and thanks for not using any of those jargons to confuse me. <laughs> Jason, thank you so much for joining us. It was such a pleasure having you on board. I can't wait to unbox some of the upcoming innovations that we just spoke about today in the next few episodes of the series with some of Pubmatic's in-house experts and industry partners. And thank you to all our listeners for joining us today. Stay tuned for the next episode coming out real soon. Take care.